Hello, and welcome to the As You Are podcast. Um, my name is Leslie Vandergans. I'm the founder of Enso Coaching and Consulting. I'm here with a few of our coaches, Kathleen and Libby, and Hello. we have the amazingly beautiful, talented, wonderful Haley Patterson with us to talk a little bit about her role at Red Oak Hope. Haley. Very gleaming way to start. <laughs> well, right. you know. Beautiful, talented. You all those are things. all of the things. Yes. I believe that's your full name too, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. We all shall it's refer to you as the beautiful. It's really like it not off-putting name. way to describe yes. yourself when you run a Hello. program in a nonprofit. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell us a little bit about Red Oak Hope. Yeah. So we are an organization. We've been around since 2012 uh, that serves survivors of sexual exploitation. So we do that. Um, our hope is to see freedom, hope and restoration for individuals who are um, yeah, walking out of the life or having been trafficked or sexually exploited. We have several programs, one in Austin. Um, that's the program that I'm the director of. And then we have uh, two international programs, one in Asia and one in Uganda. Mm. Wow. And then so tell us a little bit about your role and what you're doing here in Austin. Yeah. So I am the director of our Austin programs. And that's it. <laughs> <laughs> End of story. <laughs> End done. Uh, our Austin program. So I came on staff with Red Oak in, uh, gosh, 20, officially in 2016, my first trip overseas to visit the work we were doing. We started overseas in Asia. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of where our roots are. I uh, visited there in 2015, I think. If that's wrong, it's a number. Sure. <laughs> yeah. I already warned you about stats. Um, and left my career working as a speech language pathologist and decided I want to do this thing and um, was serving as our stateside director. So I worked here and traveled overseas and was largely just supporting the work um, that was happening overseas and kind of from that vantage point saw that there was a huge need here in Austin um, for support for survivors here and specifically adults. There's a real just like a lack of resources across the board um, for individuals who've been trafficked, but there's a really like tinier number of people working with adults. Mm. And so we stepped into the transitional housing space in 20, <laughs> it's a number, <laughs> I panicked, <laughs> five years ago. Yeah, five years five ago. Five years ago. Um, and started running a transitional home uh, that uh, has capacity for four women. Um, we work with mamas, so sometimes we have kiddos in the house and have been running that program and growing that program. So while we only work with four women in our transitional home where we provide, gosh, uh, case management, relational support, life skills, training, um, connection to resources, we try not to like operate in the silo. So we've built a lot of relationships with other orgs in Austin that are doing really, really great work that are either like working specifically with survivors of trafficking or maybe they're um, working with uh, the unhoused population but offer a lot of resources. So we kind of piecemeal um, programs together for mm -hmm. the individuals. We call them friends, so I'll probably refer to them as friends. Yeah. Um, for our friends, um, just to meet like their specific needs. It's a very individualized, very like collaborative, creative program, which I love. Um, and because we've been around for five years, <laughs> we have continued to serve individuals that have either moved out of our program for one reason or another. Um, so we're working with maybe more like 10 to 15 people in the community at any given time. Wow as well. And that's through relational support still, like I said, and then we do quite a bit of crisis intervention and mm -hmm. stabilization. So 
we've kind of realized that the thing that would happen before our program that would help somebody come out of trafficking and or an abusive, unsafe situation, maybe um, kind of chronic homelessness into a program like ours is missing. So there's not really a place for them to go right when they're ready to leave. And kind of the reality is like, you got to be ready right then. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we do a lot of, again, creative (laughs) kind of collaborative work to get um, our friends in safer situations so that they can either move into a program like ours or um, we help them identify another place they can go. So that's mm-hmm. our our Austin staff. There are four of us. And so I'm the director of that program and then have a friend, Heather Moga, who is our program development person. We hate that title. <laughs> One time, Leslie helped me try to think of a better title and yeah. neither of us can remember what it is, but we're going to give her a better title Great. because she really does a whole lot more than that and that's a weird name yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> and then not we talented and beautiful yeah. Haley. yeah <laughs> much better yeah. name. she deserves much better than than, than that, that. <laughs> um but then we have a wonderful social worker emily west who serves as our case manager and an amazing i'm gonna give them all a word an amazing uh woman named heidi moga who does she, her title is residential coordinator but what that really means is she's like the life skills day-to-day mm-hmm. so support because the reality is most of our friends have not had somebody side by side with them who's like helping them figure out how to use a washing machine. Yeah. I'm not yeah. sure why that was our like my only example, but that is like really a need. Right. And Thinking about something that a lot of people might assume is yeah. basic knowledge, yeah. but it's like it's not actually That's basic yeah. knowledge. It's not. It's yeah. not at all. And so, yeah, I, I love this team. Grateful for them. And mm. we do a lot of wild, weird and great things together. Yes. One of the things that Red Oak does is that, you know, they're looking at holistic care, mm-hmm. which is really amazing. What What are some of the reasons or like, why was that a, an approach that you guys wanted to take as you were kind of developing this program? Yeah. So um, clearly like the bedrock, I guess, of what we do is housing, which mm-hmm. is just foundational to being able to think about, like, if you think like of the hierarchy of needs, like yeah. Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you need housing and your basic needs met before you can do anything, do anything yeah. else. And so that is the 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 base of what we do. But what we have found is um, we're just not siloed individuals with like one or two or three or four needs. Like looking at um, looking at like education kind of in a vacuum doesn't actually help our friends know how to navigate the bus system or like being um, or like talking about how I'm going to get a job and da 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 and budget when I haven't even like established what kind of care may I need for like my psychological health and Mm -hmm. my emotional health. Um, It's just like those things only addressing them as one issue or another issue without actually thinking about like the whole person. It's just looking at the whole person. Yeah. And the reality is we're working with adults. So they have a lot of agency over what they want to do, right? Like Mm -hmm. you're definitely trying to shift the paradigm that they're used to, which is high control. Yeah. (laughs) um, Or like lack of access and, Mm -hmm. and, and give them a whole lot of space to identify like what they may need in a different area, but also like, Gently, you coaches, like, <laughs> help them yeah. see where, like, something may be connected. And so it's a lot of, like, okay, so you've shared with me that 
um, you're not sleeping at night and school is hard, like what may be actually impacting your success mm-hmm. in school is your sleep and wh- where's that coming from and what do you want to try there? And so it's really just a lot of like trying to help people see that they are whole, mm-hmm. whole individual yeah. humans that um, have a lot of complex needs and addressing, yeah, like like I said, one thing or another without looking at the whole person mm-hmm. really leads to just not great outcomes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like we we see that, yeah, we just see that the the reality of re, re-exploitation is so high in this population mm-hmm. anyways. And yeah. so like helping individuals really while they're with us for as long as they're with us, whether that's like a day or hopefully a year and a half or more, yeah. like recognize more about who they are and build insight into who they are and connect them to community resources so that long past our relationship, they're still able to like think about, oh yeah, like one time I tried this one thing and it really helped me sleep. And when I was sleeping, I actually did X, Y, or Z um, a lot more safely or better. And yeah, they'll just draw on that hopefully in the future. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. I feel like one of the things, this is more philosophical, but um, when thinking about a person, if you're not looking at them holistically, it's then all the more likely that you're going to make assumptions along mm-hmm. the way, right? So it's yeah. like if you're only seeing like one or two pieces and only addressing those one or two pieces, of course you're making assumptions to fill in the rest of the gaps. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. like all the more in that holistic that it's like a deeper understanding and then I think better able to address than those needs in a way yeah. that's much more open. Yeah, and like the reality is our our demographic that we're serving is individuals like one part of their identity, whether absolutely you know, is that they've been a thing that has happened to them is that they've absolutely. been trafficked, yeah. right? But like that may not be the hardest thing they've walked through, right? And yeah, it may not be the most um, limiting thing that they are experiencing. Yeah. The reality is, the things that made them vulnerable in mm. the first place are actually still at play now with this added like multiple layers of more complex trauma. And so, you know, while we're working with individuals with that have experienced sexual exploitation, maybe a intellectual disability is is actually something that is the most limiting factor for them predominantly because they have never explored that in a safe way. Maybe mm-hmm. nobody has ever like said, hey, have you considered this? Or maybe mm-hmm. they've never had access to like accurate diagnoses. Mm-hmm. And yeah. So like we're we're helping them just know themselves a little bit better. Yeah. And like they're teaching us a lot about who they are at the mm-hmm. same time. And again, not telling them, hey, this is the way then to success. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But like, what do you actually want and how can we help you get there? Mm-hmm. And the process is going to be a little painful at times because it's the slow what baby been through also. Yeah. like steps yeah. are, are right. hard. Right. Right. We talk a lot about that. We actually had that conversation earlier mm-hmm. just around, oh. you know, um, uh, how unique individuals are and, and this one-size-fits-all approach yeah. doesn't necessarily work or actually help mm-hmm. move the needle, but like really that customized mm-hmm. s- customized approach to what an individual needs and, and exploring and being mm-hmm. curious is is what can actually help make yeah. somebody move or, yeah. or transition them. Absolutely. Um, when you think about, you know, the work that you guys are doing 
I have two questions, but I'm going to ask the first one. Like how, when, how, what is a success for you guys? Mm-hmm. Um, because I can't imagine like, again, with just the multifaceted nature of the work that you're doing, it's probably coming at a mm-hmm. number of different waves, but like, how do you say, okay, we did good work and yeah. that feels like a success for us? Yeah. I think I'm going to first not answer your question. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm familiar. I'm just kidding. Now I'm going to answer what often people want success for us to look oh. like. People really want to know, yeah. you know, how many people have you worked with this year? Well, for us, we have a, a home that can fit four women, right, at any given time. So if we were working with like 800 people, mm-hmm. something would be like terribly yeah. wrong with our yeah. group. Right? Yeah. Because right. people would be cycling out in and out, you know, like the, there are all these metrics for what does it really look like to have success in an industry where we expect, similar to the um, recovery world, we like, we expect that relapse is going to happen. We expect yeah. that people are going to. Um, go through this like very understandable cycle of relapse and then like moving through kind of these stages of change, right? And so we think it's success when we're able to actually continue to engage with a person across like the entire continuum of recovery. Like though they may relapse, Mm -hmm. that they're still willing to like reach out because Mm -hmm. like the reality is people... And when I say relapse, I mean both back into substance use and or into sexual exploitation. So like kind of, you know, the both and. Um, The reality is that like that recovery journey is long. I had a friend. um, She is like a brilliant uh, person in this field named Sarah Hall. Named Sarah Hall. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Shout out to her. um, Who did a training for our staff one time. And kind of she is a survivor leader. And she Mm -hmm. shared that like the recovery journey, a lot of people like talk about cycles, right? And so instead of it just being like this flat cycle that it's a, oh no, an ellipsis? Yeah. Is that that something that keeps going? Or like a stairwell? Yeah, sure. Spiral staircase? Spiral staircase. Yeah. also. Oh man, she she did this better. But like (laughs) that though you, you may relapse, everything that you learn in recovery and maintaining recovery, mm-hmm. like, builds on itself. Yeah. So, so though, and then eventually it's maintenance. But, totally. like, that it's this moving upward. So, like, everything isn't lost. That you're not you starting back yeah. at that. Yeah. Totally. Which it's is how people yeah. often think of it. And, and we've seen that in our relationship with people. Um, and we've had to really learn to celebrate, like, the tiny, tiny things. Oh, so, absolutely. like, right before I got here, Heather texted me that... Um, one of our clients who in the in our morning staff meeting, it was like, she's going to come for budget. Here's what, you know, we're working on. And we were worried she wasn't going to show up. And then it was like, she showed up and she did this thing and we downloaded Mint on her phone. And like, yes. that is such a victory. Yeah. No. And just like recognizing that yeah. victory. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like yeah. such an adamant believer in recognizing and celebrating any victory because it is mm-hmm. so easy to get disheartened right. and beaten down and like, you know, I'm going to get emotional. Um, I especially feel like when you are speaking in circumstances where it's like relapse mm-hmm. will very likely happen. Mm-hmm. And holding that truth right alongside the like downloading mint is also an accomplishment. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Like you being here right now is huge. Yeah. Yes. Like yeah. let's celebrate it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we all need that no matter what our backstory is. Also, just that it's like. We, we all need to have those wins and we all need to 
celebrate that like it's tough being a human yes humaning is hard it is so hard hard. i wish someone would like follow behind me and be like well i don't actually i'm an introvert i'm ready for you i'm ready (laughs) but like the beautiful talented i drop my (laughs) drop my daughter off at uh school on time today yeah (laughs) we all do really need to like be able to celebrate the things in your day absolutely which then gives us buy-in to have the harder conversations where it's yeah. like, hey, sis, here's what I'm hearing you say about what you want. Yeah. And here's what I'm seeing is happening. Like, there's a discrepancy. Can you help me understand that? And that gives us more, like, relational whatever the word I'm looking mm-hmm. for is. But, like, buy-in and, yeah. and just Trust kind of reciprocal. Like- yeah, reciprocal. Reciprocity. What is that word? Reciprocity. Reciprocity. Yeah. Yes. To be able to have the harder conversations because they do happen. Yeah, like they do. that's also a huge part of what we do. Right. No. I think it's like getting a chance to show and not tell that you're on someone's side. Mm-hmm. If you've been mm-hmm. with them, they're ex- like celebrating those small moments that like then I know if you tell me something that's difficult, that that's not the only thing I hear from you. Mm-hmm. That it's like we have another dynamic and I will continue to associate you mm-hmm. also with those positive mm-hmm. things. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. And trust and transparency like are just really important kind of in that. So that like when I celebrate someone, it's not like, oh hey, good job. Totally. Blah, blah, blah. You know, you. you did a great job. But like, hey, you showed up for that. That's like a huge thing. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's celebrate it. And and finding which then requires that we, us, our staff be incredibly healthy <laughs> yeah yeah yes. so that was going to be the second question so you were i know look at oh, you yes. she knew prepared it's like Let's you were go. prepared I like know. somebody <laughs> sent Weird. me the question <laughs> i wonder who although i don't know I, been, I know i've been going rogue. Been very oh, yeah. it's just girl <laughs> girl, 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 girl yeah. we're just four girls chat yes. in our autumn wear <laughs> yeah. that's right <laughs> uh, well so you were talking about some of the things that you're you are learning and 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 that they're learning about themselves in this process of the yeah. conversations and, and what you guys are going through. What is it that you learn or are learning about yourself through this? Because I can't imagine the like, you know, I mean, it's hard. The, the, yeah. These are these are hard conversations. This is not like, oh, did, did we make the PL this week? Yeah. Like this is like a yeah. human's your life. Spreadsheet and your spreadsheet is off. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. Heather Milka you... really cares about spreadsheets. <laughs> well, she know. will tell me what my yes. spreadsheet is. <laughs> It's true. We all need a heavy yeah, in our lives. Yeah. And, you know, the, and the spreadsheets are obviously very important. Sure, the spreadsheets are important. Okay, okay. Don't sure. Shout yeah, out don't to spreadsheets. Yeah. I am not downplaying any, the need any for really good spreadsheets. people out there, it's important. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, um, and you know this the the work this is like human work and these are human lives and these are human experiences that that are tragic mm-hmm. and so what you know a what have you learned about yourself in this process and then b how do you like manage yourself as yeah. you're kind of going through these like really difficult things with you know with these people yeah I feel like um, I mean the first part of that is just that <laughs> being really like willing to look at myself mm-hmm. <laughs> and being really willing to look at maybe my areas of mm, need to explore deeper. Like I definitely like any past hurts, harms, traumas that I've experienced and uh, like I've had to address them. Yeah. Like if I Ooh. didn't address them, 
I started to notice them coming up at work. Mm. Like somebody says something to me and I have like an internal reaction. And that's not about my friend that has said something to me. It's about me and something that I need to like examine. Mm -hmm. So just a lot of like willingness. It's not like, okay, you have to be this picture of health and then now you're ready to do this job. It's no, it's just the journey of being in process and willing to look at that and willing to have like a staff culture where you're able to say like, hey, are you okay? Do you maybe want to like take a walk before you have that conversation? Yeah. I'm speaking about myself. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm sure my staff. <laughs> They're like, yeah, we had a conversation you with should. her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like recognizing what I need to recharge, recognizing what boundaries I need to draw. I mean, I went from like basically being on call 24-7 when I first started this mm-hmm. job to being like, man, that's not sustainable and is not going to make me a healthy person in this job. And then like us developing structure around both the job and then just around staff care. Like mm-hmm. um, our CEO, Addie, she really, really, really has built out a culture of staff care. And and that's something like in our program that I'm very conscious of and very thoughtful about like, where might you need to flex if this was a hard week? Where, you know, mm-hmm. how might you need, please use your work hours for counseling? Mm-hmm. Like, and yeah. we provide like a stipend for counseling for, for our staff and just really try to live out the things that we're also like talking to yeah. our friends about. And, it is. Um, being really open about that with them as well. I was just, sorry, yeah, go making ahead, me think too, you know, when we're talking about trust that's going both ways, mm-hmm. I think being able to see that like you're living the values, you're living what you mm-hmm. say you want yeah. and that for the friends, how impactful that is, yeah. that it feels much more sincere than when you're saying it back because you're living yeah. it. Right. And like a willingness to say, man, I screwed that up. Like to our friends all the time. Like, hey, here's what I said I was going to do. And this is how I did it. I wish I would have done this. But I just want you to know this about who you are and like what I'm doing because, you know, that went away. And I feel like that's true. I mean, they they observe that between our staff, like too. So there have been times when something was funky between, you know, a, sta- a couple of staff, probably me. The most in, in, mm, Emily and I are both very empathetic, but yeah, I'm just intense. And so like where I'm like, hey, this hurt my feelings or hey, you know, where we're actually like living out, talking about the thing and <laughs> yeah. talking it out and resolving conflict yeah. in front of each other. And so and then just like personally for me, I've definitely had to I've learned like where I really need to have the downtime and where I really need silence because it's like a very people heavy Mm -hmm. job. And then, you know, I have two small kids at home. And so like the struggle can be real. Mm -hmm. And so figuring out where I need to counterbalance to be healthy and show up authentically. Mm -hmm. It's good. I have a question. Can I, I'm going to turn the bus a little bit. Turn the bus. Um, I want to go back to when you started off, you talked about that you started as a speech pathologist Mm -hmm. and now you are, um, you know, helping our, our friends in human trafficking. And how did that? Yeah. I was wondering talk, the same yeah, thing. Talk to me about really? that. I mean, just as as we are, we all help people kind of through these transitional phases of yeah. career and life. And that's such a big change in what kind of, what drove you to for that yeah, change? Yeah, yeah. It was a wonky, messy change. Yeah. For sure. So As I- all the good ones really, are. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I deeply loved- um, I worked at the Children's Hospital here in Austin, and I really, really loved- <laughs> 
I was trying to think if there's more than one. I worked at Dell Children's Hospital. Oh, yeah. <laughs> name drop. Yeah. Yeah. Name, 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 um, name, name. But yeah, I, and I loved it. Like yeah. I loved doing what I did. Mm. I just felt really called to like check this organization out. Yeah. Like, you know, I heard Addie speak at um, like a young adult group thing for a church. And I was like, man, I really like like this. I knew nothing about human trafficking. Mm-hmm. I liked something about what she said, like struck really deep mm-hmm. with me. And so I like explored it. <laughs> and uh, I mean, flew across the world to yeah. explore it and felt like, yeah, this is what I want to do having zero background it. But I like feel very deeply yeah. that this is, you know, where I want to be. And so everyone basically thought I was nuts. And, <laughs> and I, I remember being like, I probably am a little nuts. Like, I paid a lot of money to become a speech therapist. (laughs) And this is a very big shift. And at the time, I remember people asking, like, so are you going to, like, do speech therapy with people who have experienced trafficking? And being like, that is crazy. Like, no. Yeah. No. That's not what I'm doing. I'm going to go do whatever they need me to. Yeah. And I, at now, you know, however many years, eight, almost eight years later, can say, I actually am definitely using skills. Mm. As a oh, so there's a the transferable yeah, like skills. It's like a very integrated thing. But huh. then it really wasn't because I was, it was hard. And there are several, several years before the Austin program where I was um, doing a lot of stuff way out of my comfort zone. Like, spreadsheets and <laughs> throwing yeah. who knew this fundraisers. was going to be so spreadsheet uh, heavy but this yeah, is like, the one it was really it was way out of my comfort zone yeah. it was it's you know like any small grassroots nonprofit or business you're kind of doing a lot you're wearing a billion hats you're doing all kinds of things and then there were the parts of course that I was like oh yeah this resonates and the parts where I was like this doesn't and but it's needed mm-hmm. for now um and so there was a lot of having to figure out what it, what about this did actually drew me to it? Like, what? why am I here and what do I love so much? And then really it's been sweet, I'd say, over the last, like, I'd say a couple of years as our, um, like, our Austin program has become really sustainable. I feel like we're, we have had the appropriate number of staff for, oh, for you know, for yeah, a while. Yeah. And, like, um to be like, oh, I, I see. Like, I see how my heart for, like, my deep compassion for people, my, my honestly, my work with individuals with disabilities, because all of our clients have one or more disabilities, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, that piece alongside just working collaboratively on a team, like, has come together to now be this career that I really, really love. But it took a long time. And so just the patience and the willingness to be like, what about this is really important to me? And Mm -hmm. what may I just be doing for now? And what do I really need to let go of? And like, shout out to you guys slash my coach. Oh, Leslie. Um, I've been working with Leslie for a year and I feel like she's really helped me see like kind of that next step, which is what does it mean to lead in this Mm -hmm. space and lead as me? Because I definitely... A, the culture of our organization and like how I engage with people. It is like anything that feels like a power something or hierarchy makes me really uncomfortable. Yeah. And so I like, I was like, I'm not, I'm not a leader. Like, <laughs> I'm like, leader. It's broader. just somebody, it's, it's, it's somebody needed to be the director. It's me. <laughs> 
but it's not really me. And like, she's just helped me grow and like yeah. confidence in that too. So I feel like it's been, I mean, now at this point, a seven and a half, eight year process yeah. of mm-hmm. like transitioning out of a job, yeah. moving into a new space, figuring out what about that in that new space did I really love? And then also helping move the mission forward, just like, which is, you know, that that's the sweet part of being on a team is yeah. like, you are filling a lot of different mm-hmm. roles, but to land in a space where I'm like, oh, it's like this job was meant to be mine. Yeah. <laughs> like, but it took a lot of work to get was there. not totally. like a clear yeah. path. No. Yeah. yeah. And so in the messiness, it can feel a little like, what am I doing? What's happening? Yeah. Well, we don't know anything about that. No, You're no not sure. I know. We <laughs> have a very clear path. It's so easy right now. Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah. Just yeah. <laughs> straight and narrow. I, I also feel like that element of... Um, you know, it feels like this is the right position for you, that so much of that building off of what's already been said is because you've made it to be the right position mm-hmm. for you, right? Like it wasn't that it was there and and then like here you come and you magically yeah. fit into it. Like you are what makes it the right position. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's probably true. Well, I think so So many people yeah. wait for the, this opportunity mm-hmm. to, this magical opportunity to, totally. to like fall yeah. from the sky and right. fall in their lap. But right. so much of it has to do with, you know, you figuring yeah. out back to, I mean, all of the things that we've talked about before and we talked about earlier is figuring out what your, you know, what your values are and what you totally. bring to the table and mm-hmm. then designing a role that, you yeah. know, fits around your mm-hmm. values and what you want to do mm-hmm. um, rather than just waiting for something to yeah. magically Nothing appear. that's worthwhile isn't yeah. going to cause some heartache, right? Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Nothing that's worthwhile, right? Yeah. Right. The the other thing, and I remember hearing someone in recruiting ah, saying this don't that it's to like it. no, yeah. <laughs> um, that it's like you don't ever want to go for the things you're one hundred percent perfect fit for because mm-hmm. it means you won't necessarily have any space to grow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. So it's mm-hmm. like you're not waiting for the perfect role to fall from the sky because then you know that's probably not for who you are as a person anyways at the end of the day you're mm-hmm. someone who challenges yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so that it's like something that. You can grow with, yes. Um, especially yeah. as it sounds like with how long you've been with the company, yeah. And the organization is probably a better choice of words there. Either way, um, <laughs> you know the place uh, and and its own journey here yeah. in Austin as yes. well, where it sounds like you have been hugely instrumental in shaping what that growth looks like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think I think the journey is super uncomfortable, right? And that's like the thing that we can always relate with our friends on because the journey, like being in process sucks. Yes. But it is life. Yeah. Like yeah. you are always in process. Like you you don't arrive to yeah. this one magical mm, moment. There's no like. <laughs> things are done. And so like, what does it look like to to hold that with other people mm. yeah. while still like recognizing that that's like a journey you're on? And I feel like that, I mean, if anything, our friends have definitely made me a healthier person mm. and they've definitely made me appreciate being in process and on the journey mm. more than I ever would have probably in any other like yeah. industry. I don't know what else to I say. I mean, it's how totally. lucky to be on a journey. Yeah. Like how lucky yeah. Right. to yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, so um, when you're thinking about, um, you, you know, the organization right now and what you're doing, like what's mm. the biggest challenge that you guys face on a day-to-day basis? What's the hardest thing? Well, I was going to say that Spread one budget sheets. meeting. No. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> no. Heather's going to kill you. <laughs> yeah. She's going to be like, not the book. <laughs> not the book. Um, let's see. You know, honestly, I think it's our current. So the need is huge. Mm-hmm. You know, we're working in a space where 
the need is huge. The number, <laughs> the numbers of individuals being trafficked, like what was recognized 10 years ago to now, it's just like, it's a relatively new, um, like the anti-trafficking organization kind of movement is relatively new. And so, and it's a crime that happens in secret, right? So like, as more awareness around the issue comes, recognition that the need is like vast, you know, yeah. increases. And so the need is huge. And the work that we're doing, like in our Austin program, what I'll say is that our culture between, you know, our staff is just really healthy. And it's one that that they and we have together kind of created. Mm. Um, and it is like so deeply important to me because the work we do, we choose to go really, really, really deep with like a few people. Um, and there's need for in this like field for all kinds of different types of organizations that serve, you know, from a few to like many, many, many with, you know, maybe more staff, but maybe not shallower, but like, mm, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, provide maybe uh, less services to a larger number of people. Mm -hmm. Like, like a more immediate need. Yes. So yes, like a yes, meal. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And so they may like engage with a lot more people mm -hmm. um, and there's need for that. And there's need for programs like ours that go really, really deep mm -hmm. with a few. And so because of the work that we're doing and how relationally based it is, I feel like we are going to grow. We need to grow. Like we want to grow, mm -hmm. but we want to scale at a really healthy pace. And mm -hmm. so I think the issue, and this is one of the things I've been talking to Leslie about a lot in coaching is like the issue of how to scale and how to scale well. Mm. Whale. <laughs> well. <Whale. laughs> the other night and came out, it's Libby. Dumb. I saw Libby and thought... <laughs> I'm just a Southern belle. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> but truly, like how to scale with health, scale with health um, is really, a, I think, is our biggest, is going to be our biggest challenge and is our biggest challenge as we think about it. Yeah. You know, right now we have our transitional housing program. We are um, moving towards, like actively moving towards um, opening up a larger facility that is a 10-bed um, facility, a stabilization, wow. an emergency shelter and stabilization center, kind of that missing piece I was telling y'all about, like that would happen before a program like ours mm -hmm. in Austin that just doesn't exist. And so we will be moving towards a larger project. And as we do that, our like having to build on our staff and and, and start hiring more people and yeah, that is going to be a 24-7 facility, so there will be a lot more staff in terms of wow. our tiny staff that we have now. Yeah. So, yeah, just really how to do that with a lot of health and a lot of integrity to just the vision and, you know, like you guys mentioned before, the values that <laughs> that we have as a team. Um so that's what keeps me up at night. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just sorry. I just like there's so many wonderful things you're saying and it's activating all this inside of my brain as well when thinking about the parallels between growing of the organization and of course the friends in it that it is like we aren't racing to get to the next step. Mm -hmm. Instead, it's we're very intentional mm -hmm. about getting to the next mm -hmm. step. Yes. And like with that intentionality, yeah. it's all the more sustainable and strong for it. So that it's like, yeah, take the time yeah. that's needed. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the the people will always want you to do more if 
if you do the, well. if you're doing yeah, yeah like if you're doing um good work and I'm really proud of our team we we really like care about people and yeah. we have and that is true both of like our relationship with the individuals in the home and w- like outside of the home that we work with but also with community partners like we you know Heather has helped build really really great relationships mm-hmm. with individuals that work across like multiple different agencies. And we sit on the um, Central Texas Coalition Against Human Trafficking. That's a mouthful. It's a big one. Um, And, you know, that's in large part because of Heather and just our like faithfulness to keep showing up and engaging with people who are kind of like, who are y'all? What are y'all doing? I don't know. If I'm not sure about you yet. Um, And then just, you know, over five years, like showing that we will care for people well. And we may not always be the right answer for an individual, but we will definitely work to help them find a good, you know, solution if there's um, a need. So all that to say, I don't remember how I got on that tangent. <laughs> but sustainable growth. Sustainability, yes. So like, yep. Yes. Yeah. Still don't know how I got there, but you know. Just showing it's up. Important. You said you were showing, showing up. up. You're showing up every day yeah. and you're showing up mm-hmm. to the people outside, but also inside the yep. organization. Let's still not, not ringing a bell, yeah. but I feel good about yeah. it. <laughs> showing up as you are. Showing as up as you are. Um, what else do you want people to know about Red Oak? Well, that we're here, <laughs> that we and exist, Austin. and Austin, yeah. Yeah. that um, we, you know, our CEO and one of our other international um, directors, Jack, she lives here as well. And so we have like a, a, a small but mighty team here in Austin that is doing work here and around the world. Um, we definitely are always looking to engage with people who are like excited about this kind of thing or just want to know more about it. Like we deeply care about um, people learning more about not just how they can support Red Oak, but like what does the issue look like? How mm. can um, individuals like make an impact from where they are, like in their own business or in, in their own you know sphere of influence, like for these friends? And really it's a <laughs> like trafficking is a fancy word like that people get kind of excited about. But the reality is we're like working at the intersection of so many different issues. Mm-hmm. We're working at the intersection of like um, being unhoused and foster care because foster youth are very, very vulnerable and um, all kinds of like, you know, in at the intersection of like disability rights and, and racism and yeah. um, gender-based violence. So like we're really we get to engage with a lot of really great organizations because of those intersections. And like, it's probably a lot closer to people's hearts than they think just because of the vulnerability factors that make someone um, that would contribute to somebody being trafficked. So I feel like that we exist is important that we're here in Austin. Um, You know, we are always looking for more money. We're a nonprofit. People feel compelled, um, but also just to learn more, like, please reach out. Our website, can I say? I don't know. Please. I don't I don't know. I thought I was on the news for a well, second or yeah. something. I got nervous. I mean, come out and support. It's it's www.redoakhope.org. Um and my email is Haley at redoakhope.org if you have any questions. We also have an info at. If you want a better answer, I'd go to info at redoakhope.org just if you're curious about general stuff. But 
um, yeah, we're here. We really deeply care about our friends and the work yeah. that we get to do alongside them. And this like growth to this transitional house is yeah. the transi- transitional housing is big. Like, yeah. The ask yeah. is big. The things yeah, that you guys it's, need. It's is- um, exponential <laughs> budget uh, growth for yeah. us. Yeah, we're looking at millions of dollars. And yeah. so definitely we'll be um, moving towards getting that money so that we can open because the need is now while also recognizing that we will stair step. Um, We're already trying to figure out how we can configure our current property to have an emergency bed for next year so that we do have that resource for um, uh, the community. Um, So yeah, just we're going to keep doing it and we would love to share more about it. Blows my mind every time you talk about it. It's like amazing that you do this work all the time. So I'm super proud. And amazing too that like Again, gosh, I'm like crying over here. (laughs) 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 That um, you chose to take this huge chance in shifting industries, and it sounds like because it was something you were so compelled towards. Mm -hmm. Um, That's really incredible that you've done that and that you're helping as many people as you are. Yeah, And like it's a hopeful part of, I feel like, the story and the journey, right? for anybody that's in transition, like you just don't know. Like I could, I would have laughed. I mean, I did. I laughed people at people's faces when they'd be like, are you going to use that master's degree in what you're, what you're going to like speech there? I was like, no, that's ridiculous. And it's what I do all the time now. Like, and so it's just sweet to see like, oh, this is what it feels like to use different gifts, right. In a space that there's need. And so like, Keep walking, people. Yeah, yeah, that there's a reason for all of it. Yeah, keep walking. Well, that and that also we don't know. Yeah, we don't, don't know what's going to happen. No idea. Um, and I think being open to that is like opportunity for a rich life. Mm. If you're telling yourself that it's going to look one way, then it probably won't happen. But if you yeah. have the like, I'm going to see what comes up, and I'm going to again, we keep returning to values always. Mm-hmm. Um. That that's like, yeah, I can have my values guide me. I don't know what's going to happen, but so long as I hold on to those, mm-hmm. I trust that where I end up is going to be something that really speaks to who I am. Yeah. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. Well, thank you, Haley. Thank, thank you, Haley. Hey, Haley. I'm just going to like start you. flipping sobbing over here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, work is, the work is hard, but you're doing an you're amazing doing so job. Great. And like you guys are yes. just, just blow my mind all the time. So thank you. Get Get your money to Haley and the Tess. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. Maybe Help me. that transitional housing. That that's that's just amazing. So yeah, anyway, yeah. well, thank you so much. Um redocope.org mm-hmm. to learn more information and, and self-lad. Yes. And um thank you for joining us again on another episode of As You Are, the podcast. And we are uh and so coaching and consulting. You can visit us at ensocc.com and please subscribe to the podcast and we will well, they're the best. See you soon. You. Well, and so see, see you soon. We, and so we will see you soon. Yes. <laughs> and as always, come as you are.